Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadi. Today is Wednesday, January 24th. Coming up, Kansas City's professional men's soccer team has fired a top official just days after he started the job. We'll hear why fans were calling for him to step down and what's next for the team. But first, some headlines. Hundreds of volunteers will fan out across the area for a one-day count of unhoused people today. It's an annual census required by the federal government that helps set funding levels for homeless services. Markea Watson runs the Greater Kansas City Coalition to End Homelessness. It's one of my favorite days in the work that we do because it is a day that many, many people in the community come together to conduct surveys in the community, to provide meals and to support the people that are being surveyed as well as the volunteers and really rally around the issue of homelessness. Watson says more than 1,300 people used local emergency cold weather shelters this winter. She says the number of people living on the street is likely higher than that. The Shawnee tribe could take ownership of the Shawnee Indian Mission in Fairway, Kansas, if lawmakers pass a bill up for discussion today in the Kansas legislature. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV has more. The disputed house proposal will convey the rights and title of the former Native American boarding school away from the state of Kansas and to the Shawnee tribe of Oklahoma. But some officials in Fairway now worry about a possible loss of history and future land use issues. The city and the tribe partnered in 2021 to research the mission's history, but tribal leaders later objected to a study to uncover potential unmarked graves of Native children. The tribe has submitted a $15 million plan for the mission's restoration. They say the site has suffered from years of neglect and funding mismanagement. Another major college sports attraction is setting up shop in the Kansas City metro, this time in Overland Park. For the Johnson County Post, Kyle Palmer has more. The College Baseball Foundation announced Tuesday that the first ever permanent College Baseball Hall of Fame will be established in Overland Park. The hall will go into a space at the Museum at Prairie Fire on 135th Street. State and local officials trumpeted the announcement as a historic milestone for the city and region. But it comes at a key moment for the Prairie Fire development, which has been under scrutiny after defaulting last month on its first repayment of more than $65 million in state-backed bonds. Officials also said Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, a one-time college baseball pitcher himself, played a pivotal role in finalizing the deal. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Last 
Last week, Sporting KC fired its sporting director just a few days after he started the job. Gavin Wilkinson had been a controversial choice for the management role on Kansas City's professional men's soccer team. He was involved in scandals at two previous teams he had worked for, and his hiring drew criticism from fans. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke to Chad Smith, associate editor at the KC Soccer Journal, and Carrie Davis, member of fan group Ladies of SKC, to discuss what might come next for the team. Well, Chad, let me uh, begin with you, and let me first ask, Gavin Wilkinson was previously a general manager and president of two teams out in Portland. What what was he hired by Sporting KC to do? So his role with Sporting Kansas City was going to be what's called the sporting director. In soccer, there's a lot of these titles, but kind of think general manager. You guys were just talking about the Chiefs. Right. You think about the Chiefs general manager, same sort of role. And help listeners understand, uh, understand, Chad, why was the hiring of Gavin Wilkinson so controversial? Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, but Gavin had been fired from his jobs in Portland over a couple of different scandals that happened up there. Uh, one, maybe the more egregious of the two, was the coach Paul Riley was fired from the Portland Thorns, the women's team in the National Women's Soccer League, because of an allegations and a deep research by the Sally Yates uh, report that came out from National Women's Soccer League and U.S. Soccer over sexual misconduct. He had coerced players into acts, allegedly. This is the coach now we're talking about. This is the coach we're talking about, not Gavin Wilkinson, right? Right, right, exactly. And and what had happened with Gavin was he, he fired Paul for that reason after they did a brief investigation into it. But then he recommended him for rehire less than a season later for another women's team inside the same league. So it was that recommendation that caused a lot of folks to be concerned about this hire out here. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing was there was a domestic alle- uh, domestic abuse allegations for one of the men's teams, the Portland Thorns, that he was over. And he failed to report that to Major League Soccer, the same league that Sporting Kansas City's in. So, Carrie, again, you're part of uh, the ladies of SKC, a fan group with close to 700 Facebook members. You were concerned about the hiring of Wilkinson. Tell me what your perspective was on this. Uh, You know, a lot of the women in our group really viewed it as just being almost insulting that that the leadership at Sporting KC would bring on someone who had a history of covering up abuse. Mm -hmm. And, And what did Sporting KC tell you when you raised these concerns? What kind of feedback did you get from the team, Carrie? Honestly, we had no contact with them directly. Uh, We know that they were in contact with the Cauldron, um, which is the largest group of sporting Kansas City supporters, but our group personally did not have any contact with them. So the the position, the hiring came completely out of the blue, if I'm hearing you right. And do I have that correct? Yes, absolutely. And what's more is when they announced it, they uh, I think they, their timeline may have been pushed forward a little bit by it being leaked by The Athletic, mm. um, but they played it very low-key. There was very little fanfare. They didn't mention uh, Gavin Wilkinson's name in the headline, um, and it was done very last minute. From what I understand, a lot of the uh, media were not able to attend because there was no Zoom link for uh, national media to join in. How quickly, Carrie, did you know there might be issues with the hiring of, of Gavin Wilkinson? Uh, very, very quickly. I 
I wasn't even aware uh, that the that any hiring had happened, but I started seeing people in my uh, people in my Facebook feed who were very very upset about it right from the start. So, Chad, fans were quick to express their frustration online. What was the sentiment that you took away from what you were reading there? Yeah, it's it. You know, following sports, it can be difficult to get fans to agree on pretty much anything. But it was not quite, but almost borderline unanimous in terms of them being dismayed at at the hiring of Wilkinson. And in his introductory press conference, he he sort of apologized, but he he'd been out of a job for fifteen months, and to have not done any apology before that. It, it kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And he was leaning on, he had taken an online course at Cornell about diversity, equity, and inclusion to kind of grow from his firing. And they're, they're just looking to see a lot more out of him hmm. from all the interactions that I was having with fans. Chad, tell me about that introductory news conference. How well did it go for Gavin Wilkinson? How tense was the session? It was very tense. To Carrie's point, a, a lot of the media weren't able to get there, but credit to those that could get out there on short notice. The Athletic leaked it, and from my understanding from sources inside the team, they weren't planning on making the announcement that day, so it kind of got rushed and put together. Uh, several folks from the Star and different television stations were there, and and my website, the KC Soccer Journal, and they pressed them and grilled them, and they it was a very awkward and kind of uncomfortable press conference. You can still see it. They, to their credit, they do have it up on their website. It's a little buried at SportingKC.com. Mm -hmm. And again, to be clear, Chad, Gavin Wilkinson was never accused of any misconduct towards athletes or staff himself, correct? It was more the failure to, the, the sort of the cover-up afterwards and, and not following through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he didn't do any of the misdeeds that we understand. It's just that he he knew that this person had done those misdeeds, Paul Riley, and that he recommended for him for another job. And additionally, he didn't tell that other company that he had been fired for for cause. And they kind of implied in their press conference when Riley was let go that it was about performance when they knew that it was about this misconduct. Mm -hmm. You also get a sense, Chad, that the issue at hand here for the league was the league didn't have enough protection in place for athletes and staff, considering the coach who was accused of the misconduct continued to receive these positive recommendations, including one from Gavin Wilkinson. Am I seeing that correctly? Absolutely. Yeah, the National Women's Soccer League has come a long way since the Sally Yates report came out. They've put in a lot of protections for the players and empowered the players. There was reports from different folks. You probably know Alex Morgan for the U.S. Women's National Team. She was a teammate on the thorns of some of these players that were dealing with the sexual misconduct. And she had to kind of use her clout and power to bring attention to it because there weren't even basic processes in place like we would have at a normal company where you could go to HR and, and report something anonymously. And they, they have come a long way in, in getting those things changed ever since this information came out. The group that reviewed the league's practices recommended a, ch a change here. Uh, Chad, has that change been implemented? As far as I know, they've made a lot of changes in terms of the way they have protections for players and kind of empowering the players to report different issues. 
um, if you read that Yates report, it wasn't like this was the only incident. It was widespread. Every single coach that ran an NWSL team was turned over by the following year. Now, not all of them were due to the different allegations. Some of them were like verbal abuse and things like that. And then some were just performance related as as any sports situation will happen where you lose your job for not winning games. Chad, tell me a little bit more about this report you've mentioned a couple times here, this extensive investigation by Sally Yates, who happens to be a former U.S. Attorney General. What did that report cover? Yeah, it was over 300 pages. Uh, a huge portion of it is about Paul Riley, the guy that Gavin Wilkinson had kind of helped protect and recommended for a, a future job here. And in addition to that, it goes over numerous other coaches, instances of just like abuse, talking about play, like judging players for their body and their weight, things that you don't typically associate with sports. And you kind of wonder if it's this imbalance. It was mostly men, mostly male coaches. And of course, it's the women's soccer league. So it's female athletes. You know, Carrie, the thing that strikes me is is so uncharacteristic about this story is that at least my understanding has long been that Sporting KC has this really close relationship and a very loyal fan base that follows the team and appreciates what what the team does. This seems like such uh, something so out of character for this team to take a step like this in sort of defiance of its fan base. It, it does, and that's, I think, why so many of us felt like it was a little bit of a slap in the face was we would not have expected that from from uh, Sporting KC. We, you know, we've long had a good relationship with the front office, and for this to come out, you know, I, from what I understand, they had a lot of other options, and to go with you know, someone who had a history of covering up abuse when they had so many other choices. It is just, like I said earlier, I think it sort of felt, felt like an insult to us. Carrie, would you like the team to do or say anything else at this point, or is it sort of water over the over the dam here? You know, a lot of our group, we're, we're pretty split on that issue. A lot of our group would like to see more, would like to have seen things done a little, um, with a little more understanding that it was a bad hire in the first place. Um, but you know, a lot of us are, we feel like we've got what we, what we asked for. We asked for him to be gone and he's gone. I would say we're moving forward. We're looking forward to the season, but there are still a lot of questions out there that we would love to see answered at some point. Chad, do you think the team needs to do some more damage control here? Yeah, I think that it'd be, it'd go a long way if they would apologize. Uh, The statement that Mike Illig, one of the co-owners of the team released, never really says that we made a mistake, we were wrong, we backed up here. And I, I think just saying you're sorry kind of helps sometimes because we all make mistakes. We're, you know, we're imperfect beings out here and apologizing could really help out. That was KCUR Steve Kraske, Chad Smith of the KC Soccer Journal, and Carrie Davis of Ladies of SKC. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.